Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizard, and today's guest is somebody you may remember from a previous episode. He's a co-founder of Not Just Crew, and he's got a really interesting story to tell. So he's back to tell us about that. Mr. Simon Costello, welcome. very good welcome it's great to be here with you paul as usual it's great to see your face you look surprised when i said you had a great story to tell i mean i've got a great story yeah but you know what it's like i mean people think they're great stories but like you when you're delivering the story you, you, it's not kind of the same you know what it's like so do you want me to do the potted history then so i, I can talk about it. so the fact simon and i met years ago when he worked at Virgin as cabin crew, and then he went off to do, and then you watched the paramedic or something for uh, quite a few years. I don't correct me, you know, jump in at any point. Well, well, Paul actually trained me when I joined my uh, when I when I started my journey in aviation. Paul Tizard, what he alludes to tell you, actually trained me to make me a absolute perfection of cabin crew as we speak. <laughs> I think that's about. Right, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's what we said you were going to say, didn't we? It's <laughs> mm. what you paid me to say, but thank you anyway. That five pound will come in handy. Yeah, so you you did cabin crew for what yeah. ten or twelve years, maybe, and then you left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, postman. Well, I had a bit of a life before I flew. I was a postman for ten years, cabin crew for Virgin Atlantic for twelve. Left long haul because I needed to be at home more with my family. So I worked from a domestic airline out in Newcastle for two years. Thought I'd take that little uh, leap of faith into the unknown and step away from the airline industry, which which was quite daunting, to be fair. But I did. And I uh, did car sales for a year, worked in the restaurant industry for three months, did not like that. And then I kind of find my niche in the National Health Service, working for the ambulance service on a &E for the last 10 years. And yeah, come the summertime, I was uh, kind of, I was directed into aviation again by a friend of mine who said there was an airline recruiting ultra long haul so in july put my uh, application in and uh, a wonderful lady did my cv i think we all know her very well uh, sarah willis and she did my cv opened the door i got the interview for Qantas, and uh, i am flying now back in the air for Qantas airlines and loving every minute of it I'm going to have to ask you about a bunch of that as well. But just, I think you've also skipped over that rather amazing you think thing you did, you and Trev did during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, listen, we, we kind of very similar, man. It's like, yeah, you forget about kind of other things that you've accomplished and achieved. But yeah, almost it'll be three years in May that we, we started our Not Just Crew venture. And it was basically, it was, it was born... At the very beginning of the pandemic, I was Trevor's first ever guest uh, working for the NHS just to kind of get an insight of what it was like on the front line, dealing with COVID, handling COVID patients, how it affected my family life, my mental health as well, because it, it did truly affect my mental health. It still has an impact now. But yeah, we were able uh, to support. Wow. Yeah, you, you set me off here. But like... To date, we have over 11,500 members within Not Just Crew, and we were fortunate enough to be in a position to support and direct people who unfortunately lost their jobs of no fault of their own and were made redundant. 
put in holding pools that, were, that had no incomes coming in. We were in a position where we could kind of like highlight all their amazing transferable skills as cabin crew that, that they weren't useless at all, but they could do a million other things, mainly in the National Health Service, like what I was doing. And we were able to provide them kind of a light and a pathway to get into further employment or even start their own businesses because we, we did we did create the career and we have created the crew market. So any people who do provide services or gifts or any anything that they make, we created a platform where they could post them actually in the crew market and sell those amazing things that they make to a wide global audience. I mean, you literally had... You know, I think people will be thinking about this now because the pandemic seems like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. But you working in the NHS, having to deal with all the frontline stuff, all that you had all that, that masks on and all the rest of it. We've seen pictures of you guys doing yeah. that, and that was tough. And then you got the crew who kind of lost the job they love and yeah. didn't know what to do. They were desperate, and yeah. I think you and Emma's Project Wingman were just two kind of examples of fantastic beacons that people had then to sort of hang on to and you and i remember looking at when you started your not just crew stuff that you were literally getting hundreds of people joining every day mm-hmm. because they needed some support and help and it's, it's amazing what you did mate yeah i mean we, we were doing the monday night lives weren't we and you were you and still are very much a big part of it paul we were we were delivering our monday night live seven o'clock and Nobody could go out. Nobody could do anything. So they were quite limited. So my my face, Trevor's face, Alex's face, and your face were the only faces they could basically look at, which is, is that a good thing? Well, it, it was for us because we, we were able to provide entertainment and showcase cabin crew who were doing so many different things. But we, have, we had cabin crew, just an example, going on from, made redundant from British Airways, started their own chimney sweep business you know, making a massive success of that. And we kind of give people and our audience an insight of what, what they did to actually get that up and running and off the ground. Because people are don't, they might have an idea, might they? We know this only too well. They might have an idea of what they want to do, but they don't know where to start. So having these guests on our shows kind of give them the information and the tools and the momentum, I guess, and inspiration to go out and do it. Because if, if they're doing it, then yes. there's nothing stopping you from doing it. Yeah, it was inspirational stuff, and you're still doing it now. Yeah. So this is this is interesting for me, because I had no idea that you were thinking of coming back to Cabin Crew. And mm-hmm. so it was a, quite a shock to me when I saw that. I mean, a good shock, but mm-hmm. I was thinking, he's gone back. Yeah. So, you know, we physical job and I was because I've seen lots of people I've spoken quite a few people have gone back into it in their 50s and I thought yeah. oh my goodness I did it in my 20s and I used to be so exhausted mm-hmm. so fair play to you I don't know how you're doing it you must be like Superman well I know the reasons why I, I did it and it was it was because of the reconnecting with the creation of not just crew and actually getting involved with all the airline industry as well the cabin crew they give me the passion and the energy and the drive. I never really truly felt that I'd left that environment. My wife is still flying 25 years. There's, there's you, who's my friend. I've got Trevor, who's who's obviously the my, my business uh, co-founder. And I've, ne- I've never left that environment of airline, cabin crew. And that's 
that that kind of environment that you're in, those of you guys who know what it's like to be cabin crew, it's such a positive energy. And it's it's the kind of drive and determination and the spirit of what cabin crew bring to the table that gives me the energy. Now I've gone back flying and people keep telling me they don't know where I get the energy from when I'm on board the aircraft. I know exactly where I get the energy from and it's from everybody who's around me. It's the passengers, it's the cabin crew. I feed off their energy. It's like, that's what gives me the kind of passion and, and, and spirit and energy that, that I get when I'm on board. It's, it's, I thrive off other people. So you didn't go back to Virgin. You've, you've gone for mm-hmm. another airline. Yeah. Was there a particular reason for that? Or was it just that you were looking around to see who was recruiting? I didn't want to work too hard, Paul. <laughs> so I was very select with the with the airline that I did choose because obviously I'm still closely connected to Virgin Atlantic with my wife working there. I know mm-hmm. what people's rosters are like who's currently work for that airline, and they are working very hard at the moment. And 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 I know Virgin's still finding their feet like post pandemic, and and it's they're still in a process of recovery. Now. When, when I was informed that the airline I'm working for now was recruiting, I had a good look at what the rosters looked like. I had, a, obviously, the routes, the peer structure, the training involved as well, the amount of crew that were actually at the base in Heathrow. Now, there's not many, and I didn't even know there was a base at Heathrow. I'll just hit for Qantas. I didn't know that actually existed. So when I had a good look at it, and I spoke to a lot of people who currently work for Qantas, then... I got a true kind of like feeling for how things were operating there. I got a good insight. Probably it's a better insight than what most people would because a lot of those members were already in, not just crew. So I was lucky in, in that aspect. So, yeah, I mean, I still needed that home work-life balance to tick the boxes as well as a decent pay. That was definitely the case were uh, going over to Qantas uh, UK because uh, because yeah it's it's working it's working out uh, really well at the moment. Yeah, I think they're uh, well. They've always won lots of awards, Qantas, and they've all been a great airline. So mm-hmm. I'm pleased. I'm really curious what the training was like in terms of you know how long it was. Mm-hmm. Was it you know? Would you find it easy having been through it all before, or was it you know? I'm really I I imagine. It's pretty full on still. Is that the case? Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the emphasis at Qantas is very much on safety first. They pride themselves massively on the fact that they are the world's safest airline. I don't know how true that is, but like I've got to just take people's uh, people what people say as as the truth. But they have a massive safety reputation to uphold. And as regards to the training, I would definitely say that. That is something that uh, I would agree with because the training course lasts for seven weeks and we did our training at the Global Learning Academy, which was, which was shared with British Airways down at Heathrow. And the tr- they always say, trust the process, trust the process of how we're going to take you through it. Now, I did find the training very hard, even though I've done it many times in the past. I did, I did extensive training with Virgin Atlantic. I did training with fly b <laughs> and then i did a, a number of training courses with the national health service with the ambulance obviously 
my, my friends keep saying you've got to stop doing jobs where you do this like intensive training course and I, I really do agree with them because it is so tiring I mean mm. the revision that you have got to do and I would say the training that I did with Virgin when I was in my 20s I did not take as seriously as what I have done with the training now with Qantas obviously because I'm a lot more mature now of course I, we can I'm, all see that absolutely I don't go out as much I'm not easily distracted so I took the training super, super seriously, like I do anyway. But like I was, I made sure that on my training course, I rented a house out that wasn't too far away from the training centre. The facility was literally five minutes away in Colnbrook. This lovely lady was able to provide me with a house that I was able to rent for the seven weeks. And I just stayed there on my own. So each night that I got home, it gave me that time to revise and have no distractions Unless Newcastle United were on the telly, then obviously I had that 90-minute well, break, yeah. of course. Yeah, you're only but, human. Uh, yes. Uh, so I was able to like revise, study, concentrate, and do as, as long as I knew that I did everything that I, I could possibly during that training, then I knew I'd be happy. Whether I passed or failed, I knew that I'd give it my all. Now, luckily, I got through all of the training. It wasn't easy. The exams were really hard. But I got through it, and it was the, it, I've got to say it was the longest seven weeks that I've ever been on. I, I felt as if it went on for about seven months. To be fair, but you've just got you've just got to knuckle down, get on with it because it's short term pain for long term gain. And I knew what my goal was for my family, for myself, and what I would experience. And I'm not disappointed at all. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like I say, it's. I'm just so happy to be back. I knew I'd found. I knew I would find an emotional pull setting foot on the aircraft, even when we were doing in the training and you you practice and open the doors in an emergency on the different mm. aircraft that you trained on. I knew that once I set foot on that aircraft as crew for proper and doing all my pre-flight checks, just following all the procedures doing my safety demo, I knew I'd have all these little moments inside of us where I'm like, wow, I'm back, I'm back. And I could not take, and I still cannot take the smile of my face when I'm at work because I still can't believe that I'm back. But I'm I'm loving it so much. Mm. It's it's like the last 10 years working for the NHS just seems like a distant memory, but they, I know these things happen in your life when you move on from something to another thing. Mm. It's like, you know, it's... It's, it's only a few months ago, but like, because I'm so absorbed in the career and the people that I'm, I'm meeting now, it's, it's just, that's all, that's all I, that's around me, you know, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back working on an A380, which is a beast of a plane. I've never been on I that in my those. life. Yeah, I love those. Oh, this, just the size of it. I mean, it's exactly the same on the top as what it is on the bottom. Over <laughs> four, 480 passengers. 22 cabin crew working, you know, you never, and you never see the other crew. You might see the people that you're working with, which my mm. section's economy at the moment. So there's like there's six, six of you all working in economy. You don't see the rest of the guys till you get off the plane. It's, it's insane. It's so big. Yeah. I've, I think they're a beautiful aircraft and so yeah. quiet, you know, when you're on it as a passenger, I've been on it a couple of times, went to Singapore yeah and which is another great place to go if that's one of your routes fantastic yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's the thing isn't it it gives you all these opportunities I, i'm well impressed you've gone back to it you've taken a 10-year gap you've yeah gone back you know and, and it's like I, 
I know you're saying like obviously people who get to a, a, an age where they think they might be like winding down because it is a tiring job when you're on board the aircraft. But there's people in not just crew in the 60s who've gone back to flying after having a break. And it's just to see them talking when I was at the GLA doing my training. And they were coming up to me and saying, oh, you're Simon, not just crew, which again, found very strange. I still won't, will never get comfortable with that, I don't think. But uh, I, I was truly glad that they did come up to me and like, so I could put a face to the names and stuff. But just to like hear them share their stories of what they've been through in the last three years. Because a lot of people sit in the background and not just crew, they watch from afar. They're not very vocal, but then for them to come up to me and actually say how much of support not just crew was to them and what they're doing now and they're back flying and 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 they're just like the just the energy that they've got, you know, the smile on the face. I mean, it's very rare when you talk to somebody about a job that you see somebody beaming from ear to ear about it. You know, it's it's insane and and, and being cabin crew. Working for an airline does that. See, it's it's insane. It's brilliant. What's what's the best bit about it for you? Apart from, I mean, it does sound like hard work as well. But you know, well, these the, these are all the questions we always asked our guests that we would have on the show. What what did you miss most about flying? The ones who'd like be made redundant, and and this is true. In every us every everyone's reply is the same. It's the people. It's the people. It's the crew around you. It's the passengers on board the aircraft. When when I'm on, on that aircraft, I feel as if they're my guests. I never used to think that years ago, but I do now. But I, honestly, it's like, and I want to go around and talk to as many people as I possibly can, time permitting. I like to know where they're going, what the story is, where they've been, you know, are they okay? Can I not just, can is the entertainment all right? Can I get you anything to eat or drink? Would you like a snack? I want to talk. I want to engage with that per- person in front of us. I'm very good at chatting to somebody for five, 10 minutes and moving on. It's like, that's that's my attention span. <laughs> then, then my brain just goes to mush. But I'm very good at entertaining a lot of people in a short space of time. And, and if I can give my personality and my attention to somebody on board that aircraft and to as many people as I possibly can and to give them an experience of the airline and of me, something personal where I can pass on to them, whether it be advice, support, or just get a coke from the galley, whatever, then I feel really glad about that. It mm-hmm. really makes me feel happy because I, I, I know they're getting an experience that they probably or possibly wouldn't anywhere, anywhere else or with anybody else. It's just a little bit of me for them to take home. Good or bad? <laughs> no, I think, you know, I, I bet people listening to this will think, I wish you was my cabin crew on board because you sound like you just really go above and beyond. Because you do see some people, I don't know if it'll be the same now that people might be more grateful, but you see some people that have passed their sell-by date that do any job. And when you yeah. see that in crew, I always think it's heartbreaking because you just think you have to do it. You know, there's, yeah. there's, and there's hundreds of people who'd like that job. So when you see people that have just got a bit jaded with it, that's really frustrating. But here you yeah. are, back, mm-hmm. as enthusiastic as ever. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what you just said there definitely rings true because there was a lot of points previously when, when I was at Virgin and I was at Flybee where I did have those feelings, but I would never, I would never let it show in the cabin. I would always, like, you know have the the energy 
And I would never let that, let that show in the cabin because you're on stage for a short period of time. Give it, just give it your all. And like I say, feed, feed off everyone around you. But like, yeah, it is a shame when you see other crew who are like that, because as much as I'm trying to like G them up and give them energy from me, it, you're flogging a dead horse. <laughs> it's like, you know, and then I don't like to feed, get that energy back because then that kind of brings me down a little bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't let it get on top of us, but like, I'm like, oh, it's like that, isn't it? You're like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then when you encounter that, you get something, but you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine you. You, you, like, you sound like we used to have an expression called wired to a Mars bar. That's what you're like. <laughs> I just moved to the next galley. I'm like, right, someone else is going to embrace this. Uh, and, if, and if the crew aren't embracing it, then I'm, I'm looking at a passenger who's staring at us, whether they've got that puzzled look on the face. And that they just I just happen to make eye contact with them, they're getting it. Foolish person, <laughs> like, that's like, it. Hello, I'm coming your way now. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm I'm actually watching a movie. Never mind that. <laughs> How are you uh, doing? I'm much more entertaining than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. What? So what's what's the plan then? Have you got? Are you looking to be like MD of the world, or are you quite happy doing what you're doing now? What what's what are your thoughts? My my. My overall plan is that I want to kind of expand within Qantas, but not just necessarily as cabin crew. I really want to push the the kind of uh, the brand values that we have at Not Just Crew, which is inspire, encourage, and support. And I want to open various. Doesn't have to just be Qantas; could be any other airline. I just want to open their eyes up to how incredible they realise that their cabin crew actually are especially like this last three years, a lot of people have struggled and still are struggling. And I still don't think a lot of airlines have kind of addressed this at all. I'm lucky because a few of my managers where I'm working now absolutely get it. And when I speak to them, I get just the same amount of passion and energy back as what I'm giving to them, and which I think is absolutely incredible. I'm loving hearing people talk the same language what I'm talking. So if I can bring that into different airlines and just stand up and just be vocal about how much people have struggled these last three years and how we can move forward from that and how improvements can be made just in case something like that does happen again. Because we did actually become, I believe, I truly believe we did become the aftercare and the support for crew like since the pandemic and I don't think it's kind of been acknowledged with various departments that we actually did do a good thing. I, st- I still feel as if there should be uh, somebody who actually comes forward and says, you know what, we appreciate what you guys actually did do. And that would go a long way, like to kind of like for me and Trevor to get that acknowledgement. I'm just, I'm waiting for that moment. I've had it from, like I say, from a couple of managers where I work now, but it would be nice to see other airlines step forward and go, we made mistakes. Yes, we did. But we did what we needed to do to survive. And absolutely, I totally get that Mm. 100%. And they did. They were a business at the end of the day and nobody knew where this was going to end. So everybody did what they needed to do. But at least after all of this, I know, Loads of airlines have recruited. British Airways, Virgin, all still recruiting. They're getting the people back in. But just hold your hands up and acknowledge mistakes were made. We're all big. We're all adults now. You know, we, mistakes can be made. And there's improvements to be learned from that. And I, I just, 
I just think we have a bigger role to play in supporting airlines to kind of improve that process. You know what I mean? Something mm. like that. Something like that. Mm. But yeah, I mean, my my plan is just to keep enjoying doing what I'm doing, getting on board the aircraft, enjoying myself. I haven't got long to go. I'm I'm not ill or anything, but like <laughs> I haven't got long to go in my this this is another amazing thing. It's like I'm I'm 51 in January. I know I've not got long to go, Paul, you know, as a as regards to career. And you know, I'm not sad about it. Like, mm. you know. I'm looking forward to my pensions. I'm looking forward to just taking it easy and taking my foot off the gas. But like, I love working and doing the stuff that we do at Not Just Crew. I love sitting here talking to you. Yeah. I love talking to passengers on board the aircraft about fear of flying because we've been on this journey with you, with Love Fly. Luckily, I've been able to talk to passengers. Just on my last flight, there was a young guy there in his early 20s. Clear as day, I could see he was opposite my jump seat and he was distressed at the takeoff. You know, I could see him fidgeting. I'm like, oh, bless him. You know what I mean? I'm going to talk to him after after we after we get airborne. I'm going to have a, a little chat with him just to see where his concerns are. Yeah. Like what what pro, what process is alarming him the most? Once I had time after we took off, I just said, "Are you all right?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine." I went, "Listen," I says, "You're not alone." You know, when it comes to like having worries and concerns about flying, I says. There's there's millions of people out there have have these concerns, like which which part was it that you were most like anxious about, and it was the takeoff, and on that A380 when we did actually take off, I've never heard undercarriage, like like retract and make the the noises and the vibrations as much as what that that does. I mean, it's a big plane, mm. so f- for me to be sitting just above where the where the the undercarriage is is going in, that's that's it's quite it's quite a, an experience you know it's like you know you know what's happening so I, I totally know these are these are noises that i'm not used to working on that plane the different places that i'm sitting in that cabin i'm picking up on different vibrations different noises that will all become normal to me but i was so glad that i was able to speak to that young man and we chatted about all the safety aspects of the plane how well trained the crew are, what the pilots do, phases of flight, noises. Look at because we were over the wings, just to let them know about the ailerons, the leading edges, all of this information, just to kind of like make it all normal to him. Yeah. And I know his parents were really grateful for like me passing that information on. And this is all things that you provide for people, helping them. Gone off on one there, one haven't I? No, that's good. No, I, I, <laughs> what I was going to ask you actually, I was thinking, I wonder what what sort of stuff you do for nervous flyers and that and you literally went into that anyway so i was delighted yeah. to hear that and there are a lot of them out there so this is really great to hear that you're like and particularly you know you think on the a380 because it's so big you mm-hmm. you know and it feels so stable you think that would help people but i know people still worry about the turbulence even though it's on that big beast of a an aircraft you know because it's just you feel it don't you even, even. yeah I, I mean i mean passengers getting on board an aircraft is, I mean the sheer size of that I mean they're going to be looking at it before they've actually boarded days days before they're probably googling this that and the other about you know how the plane works maybe but when you actually set foot on it it could be quite overwhelming especially if you're one of the first on it and you're seeing all of the cabins and all of the seats and and you're like wow they've got exactly the same upstairs how is this thing going to take off you know what am I going to experience 
it's 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 a daunting experience but for crew all you need to do is talk to people that's that's what you're good at that's why we do the job talk to them normalize the situation and just uh, just make them feel comfortable confident and just don't just talk to that person in front of you you talk to people you're looking around you're talking to the families get everybody included so the, the conversation's not just directed to that one individual because they might be mm. sitting there going, oh, I'm all right, actually. Oh, there's no need to be talking to me. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with me. You know, make them feel involved, you know. I enjoy I enjoy I enjoy being able to be in a position where I can like in these in these latter years give a bit of advice and experience. We're lucky. Really yeah. lucky. Yeah. Absolutely mm. amazing. So when do you think you'll uh take advantage of these pensions then how long do we think we've got simon costello doing his thing well i can get my i can start i've got four more years and then i can start uh, drawing on my personal pensions and enjoying it and i'm all like because life is too short i'm not one of these who's going to be like right i'm going to be careful with this that and the other i mean i'm not going to go to the bingo and blow the lot you know what i mean it's like i'm you going know, to, you know how to live don't you Crikey. i'm good i know what I'm, i know what I'm, i know what i'm going to be buying i want because i want to enjoy things while i still physically can and so i want to get a couple of nice cars i want to have all those nice holidays hopefully be able to go part-time still keep my toe in flying around as cabin crew still working hard we're not just crew and just keep just keep moving forward and you, and you never kind of close the door to any opportunity that arises. Myself and Trevor and you only know that if you don't knock on a door, it ain't going to open. So I've just, I'm, I'm enjoying every new experience that we're going through. I mean, we were talking off air about accountants. Now you talked to me three years ago about contacting an accounting agency. I would have just laughed in your face. I'm having I'm having conversations with with people in that line of work and and sort of understanding what they're saying, but I'm I'm working with these these individuals, these professionals, running a business and doing the best I can. And I'm I'm either I'm either winging it very well or I'm some sort of subconscious is understanding it somewhere. But it's not as difficult as what you might think it is because when you you're working with people, you've always got the support that you need you only have to ask somebody and then they can help they can try and help you mm. it's, this this world i know i know some people can be bogged down with the pressures of it and all that but if you reach out and open up and, and ask people's advice then then hopefully you'll 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 get the advice you need and it's it's not as bad as what you what you might think it is simon costello you well. said that you get bored after <laughs> 10 15 minutes and yet here we are uh, 35 minutes in and you've got some quality stuff there well thank you and we're, so, and we're sober we're sober yeah well i am you know that's me for you it's, you could be on a different time zone to me so you can justify it but uh yeah so final tip then for people who are scared of flying what's from your years of being crew for forever three different airlines plus yeah. you've been a paramedic as well what's your kind of your big tips right don't sit there and and be silent. If if you're worried or stressed or you have a slight anxiety about anything on board the aircraft, please speak to a member of cabin crew. 
I would, right, listen, I'm not ageist or anything. I would kind of go for the more mature one who maybe you might think might have a bit more flying experience because there is some crew out there who've just joined the airline, right? They might be only two months, three months in. They won't have the same experiences as maybe what the older one has. Like I say, don't shoot me. I don't want to be ageist, but try and go for the crew member who's got the most experience. So the ones with the big bags under their eyes. Who who was shaking? <laughs> yeah, and and just chat to them. Let tell them what the, what you're kind of like you're worried about. Get as much information. If there's something you're not sure about an aircraft, ask these guys because if even if they don't know, you know, I would go and try and find out with you. I'd go, I'd, I'd go and speak to the pilots and and ask for their advice as well. And just and just. You know, you've got entertainment on board the aircraft, all the simple things. You just watch a movie, listen to some music. If you've got any therapeutic tapes, you know, like those nice relaxing mm. bits of music, then then listen to that. Close your eyes. Just watch people as well. People watching is a great form of entertainment. I love that, how people are, you know, people getting stressed out over on the other side of the cabin. Just enjoy that and just think that's, oh, I'm glad I'm not involved in that. And I'm just sitting here minding my own business. It's lovely. Screaming kids further down the cabin. Just think yourself, lucky you're not sat next to that screaming kid. Laugh at, and just, just enjoy the crew. Enjoy the cabin crew. That's what we're there for. We're there for your safety. We are trained. I'm telling you, we are, we are trained to the highest standards. Like you wouldn't believe that training course that I've just been through was so intense. It's pass or fail. If you don't meet the grade, you don't get on board the aircraft. You have to knuckle down and know your stuff. And and you know what? I wouldn't feel confident and comfortable if I got on board an aircraft and I didn't know what I was doing. Believe you me, I know what I'm doing when I'm on board that aircraft. If anything was to happen, you're in safe hands. I know all the operations and procedures and all the drills that you need to be carried out. We're there for your safety. That is paramount and the number one. That was the that is the number one criteria that we're there for. We're there for you. We're there to look after you. And I'm not just talking about if something happens with a plane, medical as well. We're there for medical. You know, if, if anything happens on board an aircraft and somebody needs your medical assistance, we're trained to look after that as well. We've got loads of well, we are like a city in the skies. We've got access to all medical equipment, all medical networks. We speak to people on the ground when it comes to stuff like that as well. Anything safety related, we're talking to aircraft in front of us that have already gone through these areas. If we're going to experience turbulence, we're so well prepared. It's it's unbelievable. Like that's that's one of the great things about aviation. It's it's just a unique kind of environment to be in. And just think how lucky you are when you get on board that aircraft and then in 10 hours time, you're going to be in your dream destination and meet that special family member, that loved one, whatever whatever it is you're going from A to B for to experience, you're going to get there. And it's just a short little space of time to get you to where you need to be. And we're there on in that little moment in the middle to look after you. It's, 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 oh God, I fly on planes all the time. It's just, I love it up there. It's great. Honestly, mate, that's the most positive and inspiring way to finish a podcast ever. That is just phenomenal. I'm not going to ask anything else in case I ruin it. It's just superb. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really pleased for you. And I'm 
and I think people listening to this are going to be so reassured to hear the way that you approach safety and how much mm-hmm. you normalize all that safety stuff there that was just brilliant so thank mm-hmm. you oh you're very welcome thanks for having us Paul I really appreciate it <laughs>